Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast. I am Chad Simpson. I'm joined by my co-host, Gian Lemmy. And here on this podcast, our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. And Gian, I'm just having a blast doing this podcast with you. Yeah, I've been having uh, a great time too, Chad. Um, We've been able to interview so many people. And I think more importantly, we ourselves have learned so much already that we can implement in our own teams. But this interview today that you had with Darren Gray, right in the first one or two minutes, you already have something there that we can all remember and can go ahead and start uh, focusing that in our own jobs and families. For sure. And, and Darren, um, he did a, an awesome job. I love, uh, he shared Coach Tony Dungy's superpower. I loved how he shared about the importance of reflection and his most powerful question that he loves to ask others. Darren Gray, if you don't know a little bit about his story, but he helped really bring all pro dad with Tony Dungy to the national um, level. He co-authored a book called The Jersey Effect Beyond the World Championship about Tony Dungy's Super Bowl team. And he currently serves as the chief marketing officer at Athletes in Action. We cannot wait for you guys to hear this interview. Let's get into it right now. Darren Gray, it is so good to have you on the Christian Coach Podcast. Thank you so much for making time for us. And uh, we just want to get right into it and hear from you. So can you just tell us, uh, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Well, one thing I do know is that coaching moves at the speed of relationship. In other words, as we know our athletes, We know our team and how it is that we relate to those individual team members uh, toward the collective goal of moving toward winning, winning not the ultimate prize, but moving toward what it is that we need to do to be the best version of ourselves as a coach, as a a player. Uh, That's what I believe a coach is called to do, is to really have relational connectivity with each of his athletes and that's what's so fun about it. And just looking at your journey, it looked like you were involved in, in sales for about 10 years. And, and then um, when Tony Dungy came to town, there looked to be a little switch in, in your career. But can you tell us what was going on in your life to cause that sh- shift? Yeah, I was the general sales manager at a media property back in the day before your time, Chad, when they used to toss something in people's front yards every morning. And they called it a newspaper. And you may not remember those days, but it used to be sort of the epicenter of the community as people would read the newspaper and encounter, especially the sports section, right? They could learn uh, about what was going on in the community around them. And so I learned very quickly that if you took a message and you married it with media, you could reach more. Uh, When I got into ministry, I applied those same practices, take a message, a ministry message, right? Marry it with media, so sports media ministry and coaching, uh, and you could reach more people. And so that's uh, in large part what I do now as the chief marketing officer of Athletes in Action and sort of think of myself as a global steward of a really uh, well-regarded brand in the sports ministry space trying to help reach athletes, coaches, parents, and fans 
uh, with messages that inspire them to move closer to God. And I have the utmost respect for, for the ministry you guys are doing at Athletes in Action. And can you tell us um, your, your main objectives um, in your current role? Well, to see to it that there's a Jesus follower on every team and every sport in every nation. Now, that's a tall order. Like, how could we ever accomplish that? But truth be told, we have hundreds and hundreds of sports ministers in all kinds of sports all over the globe that are helping to do that because they know with a ball or a bat, they can win trust, right? They can get in relation with their teammates or with their the people that they're coaching, with their athletes. And by doing that, they earn trust and get an opportunity to win them over in the most important game of all. And that's the eternal game. That's the opportunity to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so that's what sports allows us to do and uh, keeps us fueled for the mission. Uh, and then that great big vision to put a Jesus follower on every single team in every single sport in every single nation. It's awesome. Now, one of the greatest uh, Christian coaches uh, in, in the history, you, you would think of Tony Dungy and, and Coach Wooden, and you've been fortunate to spend some time with Coach Dungy. And, and I just have to ask, can you tell us what was it about him that made him such a model for being a Christian coach? Yeah, his humility. Tony Dungy's superpower is humility. And, and I tell you what, I'm going to connect the dots. I got a chance to spend time with John Wooden, too. Oh, nice. uh, and I'll connect the dots. I was on a field in Orlando, Florida. We had just finished a, a professional speaking engagement with Tony. And we got a chance. I always tried to when we would build days around uh, uh, professional speaking stuff to find a way to go visit with the team. So there was a lucky team. I got an opportunity to have Tony come speak. And I didn't realize that Tony was channeling his inner John Wooden. And he began talking to these kids, you know, about the pyramid of success and about all the things that, you know, hey, fame, be careful, right? What is it that we need to do to make sure that we really become the best version of ourselves? And I got done. I'm like, Tony, where'd you get that stuff? And he said, that was John Wooden. And so I'm just like, hey, man, so cool. But I got a chance to be with John Wooden in Indianapolis a number of times because he used to play a championship caliber game here in, in town that was branded after him. Uh, and so what a treat to get to know he and his family and others uh, that are as amazing as that and have the ability to bring this transcendent level of humility right to help translate like what sport is and how it can lead to transformation in the lives of people it's unbelievable but love both of those guys and uh just what an honor to do this kind of work and encounter them uh through the world of sport for the coaches out there that are trying to emulate um Coach Wooden, Coach Dungy, um, could you tell us what are what are one or two things that a Christian coach should be doing to try to honor God through their coaching career? Well, coaching is a ministry. When you think about it, like a you know Billy Graham says that a coach will reach more people right 
in one year than an average person will in his lifetime. You know, that's, that's from the great evangelist, Billy Graham, you know, and, and so you get somebody that is a world changer saying, look at the criticality of coaching. And if you see coaching as a ministry to reach people with a positive message, to touch their hearts, to help them to get what they want, which is more playing time or to win, but so they get what they need. And what they really need is to understand that they're children of the most high God, that they're valued more than they could ever imagine. And yet they're also more sinful than they could ever imagine. And how can you then bring into them this juxtaposition of, hey, there is sin in the world. Let's, let's think about that together. Uh, but hey, there's an opportunity to overcome that because I know the great Jesus Christ, right, that can assage all of that sin and bring us forward in relationship. And, and so that really is why I always start with relationship, right? Coaching moves at the speed of relationship. And when you've got that, you got a chance to change the world one player at a time, one team at a time, one family at a time, one community at a time, and then ultimately touch the world with that. So uh, every coach should, could see his role, not just as what can I do to get another win, now, at the highest levels of sport, right, you have to win in order to keep your job. So it does make sense to put together a system that allows you to have a better chance at winning. But the victory that lies beyond competition is way more important, right? It's not the scoreboard that matters most. It's how it is that we relate to God and how we do that. So I'm not telling you things that, Chad, you don't already realize, but really getting coaches to think about the inside game, right? Transformation starts from within. And how is it that a coach translates that to uh, a player and ultimately helps them to understand uh, that, you know, hey, failure is okay as long as you're failing forward missing a shot, right? Think about baseball, like the best of the best. They only get a hit one out of every three times, right? Even the great Michael Jordan only hit one out of two times. Uh, even when no one was guarding him with the free, low, free throw line, he's only, you know, eight out of 10 times. And you start thinking about that. You go, okay, it's okay to fail. It's okay to trust your teammates. And it's okay to step forward and understand that even though life has lived forward, it's better understood backwards. So how can we look back and go, okay, this is the journey of the season. And what is it that we're learning? How do we get better? I say EKG, examine, no grow. Like EKG is a heart check. So the heart set, how do we examine our own hearts and then the hearts of our players? And when we really think about coaching that way, uh, as the inside part of that game, then we've got a chance to really affect a generation of young people. And we get to do it season after season. That is what's so awesome about coaching. That is powerful. And I've, I've been a coach here for, for seven years uh, at my NAI school. And as you say that coaching moves through relationships, um, I just wanted to ask you, is there something that you've done in, in your lifetime through ministry um, to be better at relationships, to, um, to love those around you and really care for them? There is. And it's called listening. You know the Jewish word, uh, Shema. Listen and obey in, in, in uh, 
Hebrew mean the same thing. Mm. Okay. So can I listen to my players? Will they listen to me? That's the ultimate trust game, right? But will they then do what it is that we set forth? Will they obey? And so this idea of obedience, the great Shema, how is it that we step forward and try to know that the way forward is a listening way? So can I make that real for you? You know, during this pandemic, uh, especially when the justice movement started rising up and there was unrest in the streets, I took it upon myself to call one new black man per day. And I talked to a lot of really, from the world's perspective, some really successful men. And I would set up that the reason for my call is to do nothing more than to listen. And I began asking a series of questions, but the most important of which, what was it like growing up, Chad? What was it like growing up, Michael? What was it like growing up, Tony? And when I asked those questions and then I really had a heart to listen and then obey what God would tell me to do in the course of that conversation, amazing things happen. And I got to tell you one conversation that I think of with a first round draft pick, NFL, great career, made a lot of catches, made a lot of money. This particular guy named Michael, he said to me, Darren, have you ever walked into a grocery store, convenience store? department store and wondered if someone was watching you because they thought you might take something off the shelf that wasn't yours. So sad. Michael stopped me in my tracks. I heard something in a new way. And because of that conversation, it changed my thought process, my obedience to Christ to be more sensitive to people that might look different than me. And I said, Michael, I haven't. And I began in a spirit of confession and contrition to say, and what can I do to be more conscious of those around me that have experienced that? Because he said, Darren, this happens to me weekly. I'm a, I'm a grown man. Like, I'm a big man. I catch a lot of passes. Uh, uh, and it happens all the time to this day. So he said, just be conscious of those around you, right? Don't judge. Be mindful listen more. And I tell you what, those dividends are really powerful, Chad, because when they can get guys like us who have a measure of influence in the media through our platforms, boy, be extra mindful of how it is that you listen. And then once you hear, what will you do with that through obedience to Christ to be more mindful of people that might look a little different than you, uh, but that are ultimately right called by the same God have the same heart to love their families and be connected to people and to really understand who they are in Christ. So that's a simple example uh, of what I think coaches need to do a great job of, of being a better listener. One of my favorite books that I've read in the last year was by John Maxwell on good, good leaders ask great questions, I think is the, the title. And I'm just curious for you, do you have any other questions that, that are powerful for you to kind of dig into the heart of, of the people that you're working with or people around you? Yeah. How may I serve you? You know, it sounds like the most simple question, but years ago, uh, one of the greatest trainings that I ever went to, uh, 
the whole premise around it was ask that simple question in a genuine spirit of listening. And, and uh, it's amazing what happens. And then if it's reciprocated, so you know that you get to mutuality and a partnership when at the end of that conversation or deeper into that, they ask you the same question. And when both parties are saying, well, how can I serve you? Well, how can I serve you? That's where amazing partnership is born. And the reciprocity of that uh, leads us to places that, you know, we can't even hope for or imagine because we don't know yet what God's going to do. But in the middle of that, that really is the spirit of Christ. It really is 2 Timothy 1.7, which says that we're not to live with the spirit of timidity nor fear. We're to live with the power of the Holy Spirit. We're to live with love and we're to live with a sound mind. Now, some of the translations say with self-discipline. Now, if you think about it, what is a coach to do, right? His job is to teach those things. Love. It starts with love. Dabo Sweeney. It all begins with love so that you can earn the right for self to teach self-discipline. He says it this way. The key to coaching is love. It's not knowledge or discipline, but if you love them, then you can discipline them. Mm. Come on, Dabo. Right? What is it that you can do to teach us today to be the better version of ourselves? And I believe the Lord's lifting up guys like Dabo, like PJ Fleck, you know, guys like that, right, in the world of sport that are saying, look, this is more than a game. Now, we expect to win. We want excellence. We are going to come out to dominate physically. Okay? All right, let's get it. I love to win. And I confess. But I love to win because. As we move through that pursuit of winning, that's how we learn about ourselves and how to get better. And then in the losing, we learn that we can grow and get better. And in the winning, we can test ourselves against the very best. And that, my friend, is what I believe that coaches are called to do and why I'm so passionate about the worlds of sports and ministry and media. I love your passion. And uh, if my athletic director had the opportunity to, to bring you here for, for an hour or a seminar, I would love to listen more to you. But what would be, you know, if you went to an Indiana Wesleyan or any Christian school to talk to coaches, what would be your, your one um, powerful message that you would want to share with a, a Christian coaching staff? Yeah, really academic, athletic, social, spiritual. There are four dimensions. I mean, we just got to get clear with ourselves that this is not all about sports. Academics, that's first. Student, athlete, okay? Academic, okay, athletic. Help them get what they want so they can get what they need, right? The need is toward the spiritual. Academic, athletic, social. Okay, what's social? Leadership, teamwork, all those things that need to be transferred into their lives when they lead. And then the final one is spiritual. And you're like, Darren, why don't you lead with spiritual? I'm like, if I lead with spiritual, then they're going to turn me off. But if I lead with, hey, how can I help you get better? Uh, then I've got an opportunity to win. And that's the essence of what I wrote about in the Jersey effect. That is the essence of why it is that I do what I do. Look, everybody's career ends. Everybody's. So what are we going to do for the day after sport? And that's to prepare in the four dimensions so that we understand, you know, who we are in Christ. Uh, and then that anchored with the superpower. What's the superpower? Remember? Humility. Mm -hmm. 
right? Anchored in the superpower of humility. Now we have a recipe for listening so that we can ultimately become who God has called us to be. And that's the essence of the kind of things that I teach student athletes, that I teach, you know, other coaches that I teach across the world. And it's uh, an honor to do that. I, I did want to ask one, one personal question as, um, you know, with your work with All Pro Dads, um, just from, from you raising four children, um, could you just tell us what you did as a, as a father, maybe with younger children, uh, to, to try yourself to be an All Pro Dad? Yeah, it was such a brand authentic thing for me to be aligned with because I knew from the beginning that the single most important thing that happened to me beyond my relationship with Christ and a relationship with my wife was becoming a father. Like that is one of my primary purposes on this earth, right? In, in, in all likelihood, my most important earthly purpose, right? How do I father? How do I, how do I be generous with my children and shepherd them, protect them, shepherd them, guide them. Uh, but each of my children are different. And so because I acknowledge and understand that, I hope I don't do it perfectly, but because I have that understanding, it gives me a chance to parent them all a little bit differently because they're all motivated by, by different things. And how is it that can I meet them where they are and provide them with back at that two Timothy verse, right? With the love, right? That's in the middle, one in self-discipline and, you know, the, the, the sound mind and that other end to make sure that, that they have the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, built into them because they've seen their father modeling that, hopefully, and, um, and they know that they don't have to be afraid, right? This is not a world built for the timid. It's built for people that are willing to step up and step out. And hopefully I've taught my four children how to do that. And uh, by the grace of God, uh, I'll continue to do that and learn till the day I die. And in order for you to be that, that role model for them and to, to lead in the areas that you lead in, um, for you to stay strong spiritually. I heard you mention the celebration of discipline in, in another mm -hmm. interview, but is there a discipline that's most important for you to, to be filled up so that you can pour out so much? Yeah, yeah. The, the most important discipline is reflection, right? It's not the experience that counts, Chad. It's the reflection upon the experience. Mm. You know, we, we all, you know, enjoy and crave interactions. That's awesome. That's God-given, right? We want to connect with people. But it's what it is that you're reflecting on after this interview. What, what sparked in your imagination? How was it that it challenged you? How did it push up against your own sensibilities? And as you reflect on those, uh, then you formulate your own uh, uh, philosophies of life, your own theological perspectives that are grounded in a biblical worldview, and I believe that reflection is an undervalued discipline that needs to be, um, you know, brought forward, needs to be encouraged, and it also needs to be made time for. Like coaches have to make time to stop, reflect, even give, provide silence to to their teams to actually think about what it is they're learning. And then coaches sometimes need to take the whistle out of their mouth and just be quiet for a minute. Sure. And just listen. 
Well, I have uh, about 25 more questions I would have loved to ask you uh, maybe another time, but uh, I want to be respectful of your time and just ask, is there any way that we can be praying for you today? Well, I've got some really big projects in front of me having to do with the Super Bowl. And because of the pandemic, it makes it extra complicated. Uh, and so, you know, just as I uh, work through those that the Lord would, would help and guide me to help use all the discernment that I have and my, uh, my, my knowledge, uh, but also to trust him more and more and to allow me to ultimately uh, move just not only the organization of Athletes in Action forward in new and creative ways, but, but myself, just to be especially attuned, especially humble, uh, and prepared uh, for this unique season that we're in. And I know we're all wrestling with the pandemic. So I think just that extra special measure of care and support in this tricky time, that's what I'd ask for, for you to pray for me for. Sure. Well, let's, let's pray right now. Let's do it. Lord, we, we love you, God, and we're thankful for you, thankful for Jesus that he, he saved us. Uh, thank you for this time that we can have this conversation. Uh, just pray for Darren right now. Uh, just that you give him wisdom, uh, give him humility as he tries to to take care of all these these details in the planning uh, for the Super Bowl event. And God, just fill him up every day and continue to pour him out into into his family and uh, into all all his ministries that he gets to be a part of. We, uh, thank you so much again for this day for life, and I just pray that we'll just abide with you throughout the rest of this day, and uh, that we'll. Just enjoy seeing seeing you you work and you move. And praise all in Jesus' name. Amen. I love that interview so much, Chad. Um, Darren is such a great guy. You can see his love that he has for his ministry and impacting lives of not just athletes, but coaches, parents, um, administrators. What I really liked was the EKG heart check about examine your situation um, and then know it, learn from it, and then grow from that situation. That was so impactful. Um, I can't wait to share that with my coaching staff here soon. And um, the other thing that stood out to me was the whole person development. I think here at Liberty and at Point, we have the opportunity to not just pour into the lives of our athletes as solely athletes, but we can look at the academic side, the social side, and the spiritual side. I think it's so important to prepare them for life after college. No doubt. And I, uh, I appreciate him sharing about listening. And I'm learning through, through these interviews how difficult it is to, to truly listen and be present. I loved his question, how can I serve you? I've been thinking about that as I've gone about, going about my day, just thinking, how can I serve others? And then the celebration of discipline. Um, I know you just said that you just read that, but what did you take away from that? I just thought the book was so well written and it was written many, many years ago. And even reading now in 2020, it felt so recent and so applicable. Um, in his topic of reflection, I think it's so important as well, because there's a quote from John Dewey that says, we don't learn from experience. We learn from reflecting on the experience. And so sometimes we go through some tough situations and it's up to us to reflect on that experience and grow. I agree. The reflection is, is huge. And I hope that you guys will reflect on this podcast. Thank you for joining us. If you could rate or review, it would mean the world to us. And uh, coach, just remember, 
the mission field is right where you're at.